Welcome into the Warehouse, a show which covers the Baltimore Orioles and Major League Baseball. The Warehouse is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. On Twitter. Welcome into the warehouse. It's uh, August 25th, and uh, the Orioles have been a little bit mediocre over the last week, but still hanging in. It's still fun to actually care about the uh, day-to-day uh, games uh, again, uh, looking at the lineup, thinking about lineup construction and bullpen usage and, and otherwise. Uh, and the race for the third wild card or otherwise probably is going to go through the end of the season because... Uh, I, I think we've seen there, there are no runaways here. Everyone's pretty uh, pretty much bunched up. Uh, ten games left first Toronto, and that's probably the difference for the Orioles uh, uh, the rest of the way. Plenty to talk about. Let's just jump into it. Understandably, lots of discussion about Rutschman now being the favorite, co-favorite in the Rookie of the Year race. Good article from uh, Brad earlier in the week. Take a look at that. Uh, curious where Felix, Felix Bautista uh, ranks for you, Brad. Yeah, I saw uh, some chatter on the board, and I feel like I'm going to be a little bit of a wet blanket on a couple things this week. But I got about five hitters who are definitely over Bautista. Uh, Jose Miranda's kind of on the edge for me as a six hitter. Uh, George Kirby's definitely a pitcher that I prefer uh, among the rookies. And then... Bautista's in a group at that point. And that, for me, he's probably like 12th, maybe as low as 15th. Uh, but there's a bunch of guys. Andres Nun- uh, Munoz is a, a similar quality reliever. Uh, Johan Duran is a similar quality reliever. They're both having fantastic seasons. Brian Abreu's pitching well. Uh, there's a lot of guys who are kind of in that, that same space. And uh, I think the role that Bautista plays on the team certainly should be taken into account. And so he should rank... You know, pretty well compared to some of these guys, uh, but on the balance, I know not you're. Not uh, uh, I would imagine you care more about uh, peripherals than saves. Just curious if he had been the closer all year and had racked up. It would have uh, helped. Uh, yeah, it would have helped. Just I, in terms of. Uh, and, and I'd say, like, for me, I I, I do care about peripheral peripherals a little bit more than maybe I should uh, and maybe I'm discrediting his ERA a little bit uh, as a result because it's a little bit better than those other guys I mentioned but just a little bit so Matt unless you uh, widely differ from Brad uh, uh, just a slightly different question than just the importance overall for, for Bautista and that emergence from you know uh, a completely unknown quantity to a true weapon there in the back, in the back of the uh, bullpen. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. It's been a big part of the Orioles' success, you know, the um, you know, I think coming into the season we talked about you know, the pitching staff in general, especially compared to last year and um, you know, they they've had a, a number of guys who uh, who have stepped up this year. You know, Lopez obviously not with the team anymore, but but was a, a big part of the team in the beginning of the season. Um Another guy who, uh, you know, stepped stepped up in uh, in the bullpen. So I, I'm not the biggest guy in terms of you know we've had this discussion before about you know long term bullpen pieces and I, I look at what Bautista did 
in his career before this season, you know, guys show up and they are the, you know, 10th, 12th, 15th, 8th best reliever in, you know, in the American League or whatever. And then three years later, they're completely gone. Um, I don't know if Bautista is different than that. He may not be. Uh, he may be. But, um, you know, this year, it's great. Um, next year is a whole nother deal. But fortunately, the Orioles aren't in a position right now where they have to worry about next year. They're still in the playoff hunt and really, really in it, actually. So, um, you know, he still has a, a way, uh, you know, to go to get into the, the upper echelon of, of American League rookies. But, you know, a, a strong last month of the season, he, he could really make a, a, a run up the list. Uh, volatility aside and pitching mix aside, completely different uh, mix, but kind of reminds me of uh, Greg Olson in 89. Olson obviously relied on the 12 to 6 curve. It's still as good as any I've ever seen. Uh, you know, older people will talk about by 11, but uh, Olson's curve was uh, comparable to anybody. Uh, but so Olson. Oh, you know, I have still uh, dreams about that curveball. See, so he was a first round pick, and then, you know. It, Basically, the following year, he's in the uh, Major League bullpen, but that made a, a huge difference in that particular year, and Bautista being a, a guy that well, the entire year has been a capable high-leverage uh, uh, reliever. It's just made a, a tremendous uh, difference. Um, Gunnar Henderson seems to be on the verge of being promoted, maybe, uh, not as quickly as probably everybody on our board would like to see, but on the verge... Uh, he looks likely to take over third in the immediate. Uh, third and not shortstop because Mateo is on fire. Uh, 9.56 OPS here in August. Uh, I guess I'm going to keep asking this. Any change in your opinions that the O's should be pursuing one of the free agent shortstops, Matt? I, no. Um, no. I, I think Mateo's had uh, you know a, a good year, but... I think it'd be foolish to look at the last month and, and uh, you know, make long-term decisions based on that. Uh, you know, unless there's something that he's doing completely differently that I haven't seen. Um, there I, was I, some change to it, to his approach after, I believe, 4th of July with, uh, he spoke for the hitting coaches and there was some change to his approach. Yeah. But, but, but generally, and Brad, you can just weigh in here, you know, he's a, depending on which site you're looking at, a multiple win uh, a player this year. He's playing quality shortstop. He's making the, you know, the extreme plays. He's been pretty good. Uh, he's been better this year on the routine. Um, but if you're looking at ways that you can improve the roster, right, shortstop is potentially still one of them with three premier three agents uh, available and then a, a fourth, another good option. But uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so I think we unpacked it pretty well. I, I believe it was the last time we met up. Uh, just You want to make sure you get a big name. It doesn't have to be a shortstop, but the market is set up such that you're probably looking there. It's a clean fit, and Mateo can be moved around the field uh, as needed. Uh, you could even bring in you know, some of these shortstops. might turn into second baseman or third baseman if you want to do that. Uh, Henderson being there, Westberg hopefully coming up and contributing uh, kind of mucks up that plan a little bit. Uh, I'd be looking at Mateo, uh, Urias as guys who you know, come off my bench often uh, if I'm building this team uh, myself. 
And they could also be a, uh, you know, a, a trade candidate themselves, at least part of a package, uh, you know, uh, otherwise. I, I still, and I'm going to add my own thoughts, I kind of still lean on going for one of the shortstops as well, just because they seem like more of a known quantity versus uh, relying on Mateo to continue to be uh, this, uh, yeah. which, yeah, it's a... If Mateo was a couple of years younger, I, I might be more uh, inclined. He was once a pretty heralded prospect, but, I, you know, he's a little bit older. Yeah, it took a long time between when he was a prospect and where where he got this year. It would I mean, be the, the first the, yeah. uh, late bloomer, though, so you really don't, don't want to just shut him down completely. And, and there is there is real parts of his game that should continue. I mean, the athleticism is, uh, is obviously apparent. And, uh, you know, for me, again, mentioning it again, the consistency in his defense this year has been, been appealing. And, you know, uh, he's one of the funner guys to watch on a nightly basis. But I still think if you're thinking, how can you improve this team going forward, I, I think it's pretty logical to look at the free agent shortstops. But we'll see. With yeah, his defense really isn't... coming along, I, I'm really reminded of uh, Freddie Galvis. Uh, a guy mm. who has his moments or had his moments uh, with the bat, but generally kind of glove first, uh, more of a, a second division starter type. Yeah, and, and there really isn't, like if you're looking to improve the team, if you're going to make a big signing, there really isn't a lot of other options besides shortstop. Um, are you going to sign Aaron Judge? I mean, maybe, uh, but um, I'm, I don't right. know that that's a kind of signing that this – front office is going to prioritize um just because of judge's age uh you know and the amount of money that you're going to have to give him injury history (laughs) yeah that's that's a big part of it too that people haven't well brad one of the other areas uh probably the primary area the orioles uh, could be looking to improve in the free agent market would be uh with obtaining a front end starter so one of the names mentioned uh uh, on the board, and it makes some sense, would be uh, Verlander, right? So a guy on, uh, who's back from his injury, having another uh, Cy Young caliber year to his Hall of Fame career, but would figure you would be able to obtain him on a shorter-term contract and just throw the uh, high AAV at him. Um, and you're getting that top talent on that shorter-term deal. So does that feel like a plausible match to you, Brett? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the it, It's a tough sell to Verlander. Uh, you, you have to convince a guy who might be thinking of only having a couple more shots and very much focused on winning a World Series, from my understanding, uh, that you know, the Orioles are ready like, next year, and making the postseason this year would certainly help uh, further that case. If you fall just short, he might look at it more as their team that's a year or two off. I can approach them at that time if I'm still playing and uh, you know there's a lot of contenders out there right now who have big pockets deep pockets and uh, could probably match an Orioles offer Matt is Verlander getting three years on a deal I mean he could if he wants it yeah I it he depends might prefer one well so I just looked at his contract, and he has a, a player option for $25 million next season that just um, vested because he's gone over the innings limit. So it's up to him if he wants to exercise that $25 million one-year deal and stay in Houston. 
So I don't know. Um, I'm thinking like three ninety, <laughs> yeah, something like something like that. But uh, I mean, I he, he should be able to sign north of Scherzer's deal if he wants to. How old is he? He is. He's a little bit older. He'll be forty next year. Yeah. So. Yeah, it just it depends on on what obviously depends on what he wants. I. I think from the Orioles' standpoint, it makes a ton of sense. I think from Verlander's standpoint, it's a harder sell just because there will be other teams, presumably, including Houston, where he's obviously comfortable that, you know, are willing to put that kind of contract out there. You know, obviously the Mets, um, you know, they may lose Jacob deGrom. Maybe they want to do that again. Those are the two teams I'm thinking of, too. Um, and of course, there's always the Dodgers because there's always the Dodgers. Um, it's not even necessarily about team need for them. It's just they have the ability and yeah. So I, I, I don't, you know, again, from the Orioles, I, I, I think absolutely they should try. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this past week, I gave some shorter takes on a number of topics. Uh, if you haven't read it, uh, go to the board, take a look. And let me know where you agree or disagree. Uh, I pose the same question here to Matt and Brad. Matt, you can start. Uh, any take that stood out that you agree with, disagree with? I mean, I thought you made a great point about the wall, moving the wall back, and and how that's affected the pitching staff. You know, for, for the positive at home. Um, I hadn't looked at the numbers, but um, you know, I I did actually go to an Orioles game at Camden Yards last week. Um, huh. and, uh, I was out East visiting my family and, uh, we, we went to a game and I can't remember off the top of my head if it was two or three, I've been struggling with this all day since, since, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the topics came out, um, from Chris, but, um, two or three balls that would have been home runs last year were not, um, two of them hit by the Orioles. I know that. Um, I just can't remember if there was a, a, a third one, um, but uh, yeah, what's the it's Twitter, definitely uh, impacted with this the dog? Uh, is that what, what it is? Or the, what was that? that? It's like a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a Twitter handle. I think what is it? Yeah, uh, with this dong. Or, oh yeah, know, with like dong. That. Right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was it was the day game against the Cubs that I went to, um, and I think Mountcastle hit one out there, and uh, I can't remember who else it was, um, but. We did see uh, Adley hit a homer, which was cool. Anyway, um, so that's a, uh, I think that's a, a you know, a, a, an underrated uh, point that, that you made. Um, I'm, this isn't direct. I, mean, I, I know, uh, sorry to no, cut you, but, uh, but I know numbers on even an annual basis can be a little bit noisy, but I mean, looking at that disparate home road ERA split, I mean, it seems pretty profound. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, it really does. Um, I, you know, I think it may be worth um, looking in, you know, deeper numbers if, if they can be found as to, uh, you know, home runs to left field, et cetera, uh, you know, last year and the previous year versus this year. But um, the other thing I was going to bring up is, you know, you touched on it uh, earlier, Chris, but the American League Rookie of the Year race, I think, you know, a month ago, people were handing the trophy to Julio Rodriguez and, you um, Rushman is right there with him, depending on which war you look at, he's ahead. And I was really curious what you guys think, uh, you know, right now, 
who would you take? Who who are you expecting to? Because it's it's between those two dudes, right? I mean, unless right. unless there's some sort of catastrophic injury for both of them, um, one of them is going to take home the award. Uh, I'm expecting Rodriguez, and I think it should be Rutschman, figuring that he's played 30 less games and his production's pretty much <laughs> nailed, pretty much a wash. Yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of agree, and Vegas <laughs> favors Rodriguez for the moment pretty strongly, uh, but I I don't really see a, a strong argument against Rutschman right now. I'd definitely take him if I had a choice. Well, war numbers are pretty similar. Um, you know, Rodriguez is played an above average center field which maybe that's not as important as catcher but it's right there in terms of important defensive positions um and then there's you know there's simple counting numbers yeah it's he, the counting stats that favor rodriguez right 20 now. homers and i think he's got over 20 stolen bases and yeah 23 um you know the voters kind of uh vary by category so i'm not sure who will be the american league rookie of the year uh, yeah voters. I, I don't know uh, the representation and, of the voters anymore either you know it uh, used to be like you had this block of like 80 percent traditionalists and you know the 20 percent who are more saberist and now mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a little bit all over the place, and the Saberists have been around long enough to have their own quirky ideas of like uh, what they want to bring back from the past uh, and, and prioritize. So it, it's Adley's certainly getting more point. headlines r- right now. Rodriguez has had the headlines all year. Yeah, Rutschman's getting them as as we're ending the year. Maybe that makes a difference. Yeah, how the Orioles point. finish is going to make a difference. How the Mariners uh, finish as well, uh, but. Maybe the bigger point there would be, you know, if Adley had been part of the roster on opening day, if he had been healthy and then uh, uh, had been been part, just like maybe that's the difference uh, right now of, of you know, a game or two for the for the Orioles. It's just a, it's a pretty amazing production that, that that he's had in the short term, especially considering that he didn't come up hitting right away. He went for that initial. Uh, 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 slump, uh, to, you know, begin a stretch, but certainly fun to watch right now. <laughs> so, so did R- Rodriguez, if you recall. I don't mm. remember, or I don't know how much you're paying attention to him, but he had that stretch where he was just getting the worst strike calls. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He was getting called out repeatedly on pitches outside the zone. Had like a 40% strikeout rate on just nonsense. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. I'm happy to see. I'm happy to see the Mariners have a uh, a rebound uh, type year. Good for good for them. Uh, it's a nice story for them. If you're going to ask me, who someone's going to take pick, down the Astros someday, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm certainly biased. Brad, uh, what for you? What do you agree with? What do you disagree with? What is it? Just just to hit on the wall again, real quick. Uh, I, I think something we're going to see happen league wide is teams adjusting their park dimensions. Uh, based on their personnel more uh, taking uh, and certainly the Orioles didn't invent that idea uh, it's been around for ages uh, but people oh, like to jump on something that worked recently it worked very well for the Orioles probably it appears to work have worked more than it probably actually has uh, and and that appearance in itself will cause some teams to say let's you know make some changes that'd be that'd be a fun stadium like uh that you could adjust by series, like a jump park. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that that would be a little nuts. Uh, but they, they have did have uh, make some rules about that. Back in the day, they had different like uh, airflow configurations on some of those domes and uh, retractable right. roof type stadiums. They'd 
they'd lift the flaps basically when their hitters are hitting, so you get more of a jet stream. <laughs> yeah, I remember there's, there's some park that um, I don't think it was Fenway, maybe it was Wrigley, where, where you could open some doors, uh, you know, behind uh, home plate or or by the the press area, and that would change the airflow, and they would open and close the doors based on the half inning. Yeah, there there have been a couple stadiums over the years that have had little hacks like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the other thing I was going to talk about, uh, you, you had a bit about uh, Austin Hayes and you know his possible future role. He hasn't been playing that well recently, and I, I think that's kind of the player he is. He runs a little hot cold, and he is a guy who the Orioles should be looking to upgrade upon. That doesn't necessarily mean you. You have to trade him away, have to shut him off to the bench full time or anything like that. Uh, but you, but you want to have depth potentially, there. And maybe that's just Kyle Stowers. Uh, I love me some Austin Hayes, but you got to perform. Uh, I know he's been dealing with the wrist injuries on both hands, but we'll see how he finishes. But if he doesn't finish overly strong, it is going to be a position where the Orioles could potentially look to. Uh, upgrade uh, uh, there. Yeah. Plus, they've got plenty of outfielders internally on the on the way. So I think you, that's... you can look at him as like a, a league average player, basically. And as you're making that transition out of rebuild to contend, you're going to have a few of those league average types are starting. Even good teams do uh, that are full contenders. You know, they got a couple guys who are just league average. But you try to figure out ways to upgrade. And you try to do it in as big of chunks as possible. At some point, it's going to be the league average guys that you're trying to upgrade. Yeah, I, I think it speaks really well to the Orioles organization that they have all these options, you know. And oftentimes there's one or two spots, sometimes a lot more than that, that, you know, are really obvious upgrade points. And, you know, the fact that we're like, well, they could do this, but they've got this guy who's performing all right or good or well, whatever. Um, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of different spots like that where you could go. I think they could upgrade here, but they're kind of okay if they don't. They could focus on something else. Um, I think maybe the only place where I would say that's not the case is uh, is the rotation. I think they definitely need to add somebody there. Yeah. Uh, but you know, as far as position players go, um, I, it it's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, and it, even if they don't necessarily. Um, you know, add anybody this off season, you can always do it the season after there'll be people available potentially. Um, but they've got guys who can, who can step in and perform. You know, I, I remember long ago on this show, Chris, having discussions about, you know, can the Orioles actually field an all homegrown team? Um, and I was of course, pessimistic about that. I think we all kind of were, um, but speaking just for myself, I was pessimistic about that. And I mean, they, they should upgrade because they can and they can make the team better. But if they didn't, I mean, it'd be okay, right? Like they don't, <laughs> they don't necessarily yeah, have there, there, is something, there is something cool to the idea. I think our point at the time, not to speak for you, but I think oh, feel our free. collective point was it was – going to be hard to build everything internal yeah. internally yeah, super to have hard. everything to have everything go right where everybody hits not necessarily their ceiling but a point where they're productive enough to be in that position and exactly right now they're getting close to a point where 
everything could be homegrown by you know, by position. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, we'll see how that plays out going further. Just a few more topics here. ESPN, they had their latest power rankings out today. The Orioles are 15th. Uh, so kind of highlighting what we've already talked about. If the Orioles were to obtain one of the free agent shortstops and a top-of-the-rotation starter, you figure Rodriguez and Henderson will be part of the uh, roster, uh, you know, <laughs> fairly soon. If it's not uh, this year in September, they will be part of the uh, roster fairly early in 23. Obviously, Westberg and Hall also on the verge as well. If those guys join the roster and, and productive, we're not talking about them hitting their respective ceilings. We're just talking about them being productive. Can Baltimore be a World Series contender in 23, Brad? Absolutely, they can. Uh, I, I keep saying how important it is to get your, your playoff opportunities every week. And uh, if they can get into the postseason this year, it'll help them a lot more next year as a World Series contender because that experience just playing those October games, uh, it it really, for, for these players, you know, they, they, they're used to playing a lot of baseball and all of a sudden it feels like it's new to them because it's, it matters in a way that they haven't experienced before, uh, or recently at least. And so getting them a, a, an opportunity to feel what that's like, uh, to learn how they should cope with that the next time around, uh, will help uh, them contend in the future. So hopefully they make it in and uh, have some learning experience. Yeah, and even if they don't, if they hang around all September and play games that matter all month, I mean, the, the, that helps that too, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, uh, uh, yeah, I'm on board with that. Matt, do you see them, you know, I, I guess it's still a big ask, obtaining a free agent, premier shortstop, one of the four that's three of available for, if you're including Swansby, and a front-end starter, which I think should be obtainable for them either via free agency or utilizing some of their depth uh, via trade. But if they have those two pieces combined with what they already have existing internally, should they be a World Series contender next year in your eyes? <laughs> I mean, I think the answer is obviously yes. I, I don't think they'll be the favorite. I, it depends on who right. they get and, you know, uh, what kind of deals they make and, and all that sort of thing. But, um, you know, right. they're obviously – building a solid roster with as few holes as possible. And that is the way the Rays have been successful, not necessarily with huge star players, but with, you know, they, they beat you at the bottom of the roster instead of the top. Um, and, you know, the Orioles have the option to do both, you know, maybe not at the level of the Dodgers or the Mets, um, but if you do it better than them, then you can, and anyone can win in one series. You know, that's the other, whatever. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I think I think it's uh, it's entirely dependent. I agree, on, agree with your, your point completely that they wouldn't be yeah wouldn't be the favorite, uh, but they would be in the mix, and it'd be yeah. great if I could break it uh, next year. Obviously, forty can years I, next next year since they've uh, been and won a World Series. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. Um, I I think the the one thing that I wouldn't gloss over here is that the way the team has been built since Elias took over that step is a it's been a long step but that step is now effectively over right 
I mean, they could choose to elongate it, you know, like we were talking about, just build a team from inside and that's it, more or less. That's never really been done before. Um, if they're going to go outside the organization and they're going to add free agents at big money and they're going to make trades from, you know, for uh, uh, they're going to trade from their prospect pool for, for established uh, major leaguers, that's different than what we've seen from Elias and company so far. And that's, that's something new. And because we haven't seen them do it, we don't know how good they are at it. Yeah, perfectly valid and, and completely uh, accurate point there, Matt. I mean, everything you've done organizationally building up to this point is completely different than, than trying to put a product on the field that can win at the highest level and uh, that you're optimizing every position and, and, you're, and you're looking to... Every game matters, yeah. which hasn't been a focus, you know, previously. But everything that you've have accomplished this year, whether it was by design or not, certainly puts more pressure and impetus on the idea of next year has to matter that much more. There is no, there is no stepping back or, or further elongating uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the curve. You've you've yeah. done this and it'll be a next step that'll be expected by by everybody mm-hmm. we we know elias can do process now can yeah right can he do the next <laughs> right. step right so to finish up for the week uh i wanted to ask you guys uh your mlb stories of the note uh matt and you can go first i i think the thing that stands out to me most is is the dodgers uh so one of the best teams I've ever watched in my lifetime is the 2018 Red Sox. Um, forgive me for bringing them up yet again. Uh, they won 108 regular season games on the way to winning the World Series. They beat three 100-win teams in the playoffs. It was a level uh, that I hadn't seen uh, a team, at least that I'd watched closely uh, you know, in my lifetime, um, be at. And there... Uh, run differential at the end of the season, the Red Sox 2018 was 229 plus 229 outscored their opposition by 229 runs, which is, you know, whatever it is, one and a half runs a little under that per game, which is amazing. The Dodgers right now are at plus 275 and they're not yet. I mean, the season is getting finished, but it's not, you know, there's a lot of games left. (laughs) 275 quarter of the year (laughs) it's crazy so i was like all right is that the best of all time uh and no not not it's not but um so many of the best run differentials from all time are from the 1800s the best is the 1884 maroons who are of course plus 458 you know one of the all-time teams that we know um the uh, for modern teams you're looking at the 1939 yankees they were plus 411. But modern times, huh? Yeah. That's the only <laughs> modern team that's over 400. The 27 Yankees that everyone talks about all the time as the best team of all time, they were plus 371. Um, the 36 Yankees are plus 334. I'm going to have to wash my mouth out with soap or saying Yankees so many times. Um, and the other teams are also Yankees teams with the 98 Yankees are plus 309. I I think that's easily within reach. They this team could be by run differential one of the top 3 greatest teams of all time. 
you know, it, well, it's amazing. It's amazing. You're well run, and you spend three hundred million, and you're pretty good. And I mean, it's just, uh, <laughs> their farm system is also like top five. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, Freeman Smart. They lose uh, what uh, Bueller with his second. Uh, yeah, Tommy John, and you know, nobody seems to. Doesn't eh, matter. Yeah, well, it's fine. it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all good. Uh, great point about them. We'll see how uh, just where they finish. Uh, Brad, what about you? Uh, wrap it up for the week. MLB story of note for you. Uh, it's Albert Pujols for me. Uh, he's he's trying to get to 700 home runs. He's seven shy. He's hit seven and 49 plate appearances this month. Uh, the the big barrier for him is he he's not really an everyday player. Uh, so he, he's really got to make his plate appearances count. He has been this month, and uh, he's getting to the point where you know some pitchers who don't care so much might be feeding him some uh some some pitches he can smack uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see if he gets there i think he's gonna fall a little bit shy uh at, at well, you least, think he'd uh, come back smart I, betting you know, is. I, I know they're calling he he won't. the farewell tour but yeah. ugh, I, if he finishes like right there it's gotta be alex uh, rodriguez didn't come back he stopped yeah. at 696 so that that's the number i'm sure. hoping pujols can get by uh just just nudge uh, rodriguez from i believe third all time uh, and and then uh, you know, yeah. that that'll that that that's what I'm watching right now. <laughs> you know, it's uh, well, not even a playoff be, race. It's just an, an old guy slugging. <laughs> that'd be fourth all time on Rodriguez, right? Is it fourth? Just, Ruth, well, Aaron, it, and um, Bonds. Bonds. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but right at the top of that upper echelon, inner inner. Sanctum Hall of Fame, and yeah. somebody you know said it the other day. It was nice to see Pujols have this run after the last few years with the Angels, and that kind of that was kind of hard to watch. So I mean, it's been like with... eight years <laughs> since he was actually legitimately good. Yeah, it's a yeah. very long, uh, very long career, and that decade that he had of dominance was was unbelievable. Yeah. But... Should, should have never left St. Louis, apparently. Yeah, that was apparently, the problem. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I like that just for what is he? He's forty-two, right? Allegedly, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of rumors that he is uh, much older than what what he says. I I just turned forty-three, so like I'm just gonna hang on his age, you know. I think you could outrun him, Chris. I've seen him go to first base. It's uh, (laughs) really not pretty. He's been the slowest man alive for a long time. (laughs) It's it's pretty brutal. Um, Good stuff, guys. Appreciate it. Good uh, thoughts as always. Check out the most recent articles from uh, Matt and Brad at the board. Follow them on Twitter. Uh, they'll give their handles again. I always screw it up. So, at MattyMatty2000 for me. At Baseball A Team for me. There you go. Find them. Engage them. Come and uh, talk on the board, Orioles, and MLB. And we'll be back again next week as we jump into September. Take care. <laughs>